Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Finding Your Freedom podcast with me, Madeline. So happy to have you guys here, and yeah, just super excited to be back after my little break last week. Um, February was a really interesting time. I'm recording this in March when it'll release, and wow, was that (laughs) an interesting month for me of... uh, health issues and old triggers and things coming up that I haven't thought about in a really long time. So that was an interesting time and I'm really excited to be moving into March. just want to give you guys a reminder, if you've been liking the podcast, please rate and review it on iTunes, send an episode to your friend, review it on Spotify, Um, share it to your stories, like all those things help grow the show, help more people find it. So if you hear an episode and you're thinking of someone or think it would really benefit someone or just want to show some love for the show, that would be super appreciated. Um, Yeah, it just helps more people find the podcast and just grows the show and gets this message out that, you know, is here to help people, make people feel less alone and just talk about topics that I think are really important to be looking at in our growth and our evolution and our 20s and all those things. And like I've said on the episodes, you know, prior to this, the whole kind of intention of starting this podcast was helping free you from, you know, your family's beliefs, from society's beliefs, from past traumas, big and small, and, you know, connecting to that authentic self that you really are and having the courage to be that version of your true self outside of society or family's expectations or the ways that you've learned to be due to trauma. And, you know, that is this whole, you know, awakening process and coming back to ourself and finding our freedom and creating a life that aligns with that freedom and our true self in, you know, every facet of our life and believing in our dreams and all those things. So super excited that you guys are along with me. Um, And yeah, (laughs) more of life updates. I'm still in this in-between space that I've been in for a bit. Um, Last week's episode or two weeks ago, I kind of talked about that and it was really healing for me. So if you are also in an in-between space, send that along to a friend or just, yeah, anyone you think is needing a little bit of support in an in-between before their next chapter starts because I know the in-between well and it's not always the most fun but I feel like it teaches us so many lessons and gives us so many opportunities to grow and evolve and release a lot of old fears so really excited about that um yeah it has been a the past month has definitely been an experience um as far as things I'm offering right now. Like I said, once I transition out of this in-between I've been in, there will be more offerings, but right now I'm still doing tarot and oracle card readings, which you can book with the link in my bio. I'm doing those, you know, mainly over Zoom. So wherever you are, we can schedule a time and kind of a low cost option and we can kind of catch, like check in, do some coaching and, you know, kind of like 
speak through spirituality and what, you know, what areas of your life are you wanting guidance on? So those have been really fun and super helpful. And I'm also taking new coaching clients for three, six month kind of year containers. If that's something you're interested in, you can also book an intro, free intro call in my bio for that. And I'm doing these kind of 90 minute coaching calls with three weeks of Voxer voice message follow up if you're kind of starting a new chapter or have like a really specific issue that you're wanting to focus on. That is an option. And like I said, lots of good stuff to come just needing to get a more solid foundation under my feet. Um, Take care of my physical health. I feel like I've been yeah, just really learning a lot in February kind of related to being okay in the in-between and, you know, I think I've prioritized my mental health a lot in these past three years, which has been amazing, but I've kind of negated my physical health. So I feel like there's been a lot of learning there. Um, and also just really connecting to these parts of myself from different times and like realizing these patterns in myself I think for so long the judgment and opinions of like society and others and family you know really destroyed me if I wasn't meeting those standards and I you know I had feelings of that in this past month and it was really interesting to kind of observe those things come back up and you know also be dating again after my breakup and been having a really interesting experience with that which I'll talk more about on the show because I think I think I've been learning a lot and I, I want to share more about this on Instagram and I think there's just like a lot within me kind of circulating and a lot that I'm wanting to share but it feels like the past four months of my life there you know has just been so much going on you know there's been back and forth and some like quote toxic behaviors in relationship there's been the end of a relationship there's been a breakup where I thought I was grieving something completely different there's been realizing kind of who my past partner was there's been a ton of family issues and things that have come up um yeah and feeling trapped in the in-between and dating again and like you know it never stops but I think I've just been learning a lot and trying to find the words to articulate what this process has been like the past couple of months and being patient in the in-between but I don't want to hold off any longer and want to tell you guys about today's episode because I'm really excited and really proud of this episode and it really connected me a lot to what I was feeling in 2018 in this like kind of awakening process um, and even if you're not like specifically spiritual or like you don't exactly align with like a spiritual awakening I think when we start to do growth on you know on ourselves usually there's these big bolder life moments where we start to make a change and for me my process was you know a spiritual awakening process and realizing that I've been living this life for other people my whole life based on perfectionism and you know, really opening my eyes to the problems in the world and, you know, that society tells us we're just supposed to check all these boxes and these boxes don't really mean anything. And, you know, I think in 2018, I started creating and was the architect of a new life that I'm living now and still a constant co-creation process of creating that. But 
I remember how lonely that process was and we talk about that a lot in this interview and I'm just really excited for you guys to hear Krista, Krista Williams of Almost 30 um, because she is, she is such a light and we just, she feels just like a, a good friend after this conversation and just someone I really, really look up to and respect a ton in the podcasting world, the spirituality world, the health and wellness world. And like we mentioned in her episode, I took her podcast accelerator course and that was amazing. And I'm just so grateful to have connected with Krista. And I just know you guys are going to get a lot out of this episode. And, you know, if you're in the spiritual awakening process right now, feel a lot less alone. So, so happy I was able to have Krista on and cannot wait for you guys to hear this episode. Um, yeah, let me tell you a little bit about today's guest and then we will get into it. Krista Williams is the co-founder of Almost 30, a top 50 podcast global brand and community with a background in digital marketing, sales, and strategy at Fortune 100 companies. Krista left the corporate world behind to build Almost 30 from the ground up alongside her best friend and co-host Lindsay Simzik. Since its inception in 2016, Almost 30 has grown to more than 50 million downloads, has been nominated for Best Wellness Podcast and Best Spirituality Podcast by iHeartRadio, and has been recognized by Forbes, Entrepreneur, The Hollywood Reporter, Girlboss, Shondaland, and more. Crystal leads worldwide events, digital programs, including the Law of One Book Club and her upcoming Life Edit course, and a membership platform to fuel her community's conscious evolution. As the co-founder of Podcast Pro, Krista guides others to build their dream podcast and career. Krista is also the creator of It's Krista, which provides an honest take on health, wellness, spirituality, and style. She is a leading speaker of topics of entrepreneurship, personal development, modern spirituality, and body acceptance. She has been a featured speaker at Pop Sugar, Playground, Create and Cultivate, Podcast Movement, Good Wellness Festival, Blog Her, and more. She will soon release her first tarot deck, The Activation Tarot. So excited for you guys to hear this episode with Krista. Such an amazing human soul person, and I'm just so grateful to have connected with her and also a a boss in the podcast world, which you guys will hear. So yeah, let's get into it. So the first question that I ask everyone, because it's the Finding Your Freedom podcast, is what have you been finding your freedom from lately? Ooh, freedom is my number one core value. So I'm excited about this question because throughout my process of understanding myself and my values more in my life, 
it always came back to freedom, whether it was related to money, freedom, um, body freedom, relationship freedom. Um, I always want to feel free. So I really like this question. I think right now I'm seeking freedom from the pressure to be a certain thing all the time. So I feel like in the world, when we live on a social media space or just in our world, we're put in these boxes of like, you are a mom, you are a daughter, you are a teacher, you are a podcaster. You only talk about these things. You're a wellness influencer, whatever it is. So I'm really seeking freedom from being in any labels or boxes and just being myself as much as possible. Um, so that for me looks like talking about random topics and things that just interest me, whether it's microdosing or NFTs or exploring conspiracy theories, all of these different sides of me are just curious and exploratory. And I just want to liberate myself from feeling like I have to be talking about certain things in spirituality and wellness all the time in a certain way. And just finding that inspiration for myself so that I can be excited about what I'm doing and talking about because it feels fresh and inspiring to me. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like freedom is, you know, from the name of my podcast, maybe you guessed one of my core values as well. And yeah, the box thing has been really coming up for me a lot lately. I feel like at the beginning of my journey, the box thing was really big. And I've kind of noticed like you take away all those boxes when you're first starting to heal. And then you get into the like bubble of like spirituality and wellness. And like, this is what a podcaster has to be like and look like and act like on stories. And it just starts to feel really like suffocating. And for me, I just like feel it immediately when I'm trying to be a certain way versus just being. And I think people can like really feel the difference in like your vibration and your energy when you are just speaking and being yourself. And I hate feeling put in any box. Like I have a list of interests that are like, I don't know. Miles long. <laughs> and that's what's beautiful about this time is we can explore so many different interests and creativity. And um, and that's what's hard about being multidimensional. So many of us, I think all of us are multidimensional. We are 3D, 4D, 5D. And then we're putting ourselves in these like 2D phones where we have to put a bio with 140 characters to describe us. And who I am one day is different than who I am the next day. And being okay with that is just like a goal of mine because I feel like I used to be so ashamed of how I evolved and how I grew and how my interests changed and how every year of high school, I was sort of like a different version of me. And it always made me feel bad because I felt like I was the only one that was changing so much or had all these different interests. And now I'm really liberating and even healing my inner child and my inner teen from feeling that shame of wanting to just express myself in so many different ways. Yeah, I think I used to actually be triggered by people that had so many different interests because I was like so obsessed with perfectionism. I was like, I am Madeline. I am smart. I am pretty. I surf. That's it. <laughs> like, 100%. I need to be these things because these things are like cool and like perfect. And like, I remember I had a friend that was like always. She was like in a school play in high school. She like tried to lacrosse for a year. She like got her scuba diving license. And I was like, that's so weird, you yes. know? And like, that was so like such an internal reflection of me wanting to actually be more of all of those things. Yeah. I think when you're younger, like that age, anything you say is weird is like a projection. You know what I mean? You're like, that's weird. Like they're, you know, expressing themselves or doing something different. Like that is first, that's like a key indicator of a projection. Um, but I think for me, it was like, I felt actually most shame about like friends. Like I, I would always kind of 
move through and cycle through relationships, whether it was intimate relationships and friendships. And I was always like, oh my God, is there something wrong with me where I'm not keeping long-term relationships? And I realized that like, there was a part of me that was on the one side, the shadow side, avoiding intimacy with people where I would let people only see part of me. And I really wouldn't go any deeper. So when things got to the point of intimacy, I would run. And then on the other side, I was just kind of evolving beyond people or in different directions than people more um, accurately. And it was okay if I was kind of having new friendships and relationships. And so there's always like two sides to it, but yeah, I'm trying to liberate myself from, you know, moving on from friendships and relationships. If they're not feeling like a fit for the version of me that exists and wants to be expressed now. Yeah, I feel like even the person I was in 2021 is a different person than I am now. And then you go back multiple years and I feel so different. And then I also feel like I'm so affected by energies that I'm a different person in my hometown than I am in a random town in Virginia. I'm a different person in New York City than I am here. I'm a different person in LA than I like. Everything affects me so much that it's like, I don't know, you can just be a different person every day, kind of like you said too. Yes. It's like thinking about all the things as a woman too. It's like our cycles, the moon, where we are, who we're around, what we've eaten, how we've slept, you know, what's going on mentally, what's going on spiritually, like our age. It is like nonstop with how many influences we have to change and who we could be. And when you realize that you're like, oh my God, there's no way I'm going to be the same person every day, every year with all of the things going on in the world and being conscious to that evolution, I think is really beautiful. Yeah. Are you a Sag moon or a Sag rising? Sag moon. Okay. Yeah. I was like getting the the freedom vibes maybe uh-huh, from that. that a little bit. Yeah, it is. And you know, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm a Pisces sun. I'm a Virgo rising and I'm a Sag moon. And so, so my life I'd be like, for so much of my life, I would say, you know, I'm a Pisces, but it doesn't feel like it really represents all of me because Pisces is so watery and emotional and deep and spiritual, but there was that fire that I have, you know, there's that, like the other side of me that isn't like that. And so understanding my Sag moon and my Virgo rising, like changed the game. I mean, I'm sure for you understanding those parts of your sign was like, oh, this feels more representative of me. It did. Cause I, I was a Virgo and I, I think I was in that energy for a lot of my life, but there was always this part of me that like, just really wanted to explore and was so open and always got into these conversations and like would just have like a wild hair and like go off on this like crazy night and meet this like homeless person and have this crazy story to tell that didn't make sense yes um so my friends from home all the time we were like how are we like alive right now (laughs) and I think when I found out I had the Gemini moon and the Gemini rising I was like oh like that's why I like do all these like really interesting things as well so your Virgo sun Gemini moon Gemini rising yeah. Wow. That's so fascinating. Yeah. It's really funny because when I had an astrologer on, like all of those planets are ruled by Mercury and like, they just like Colin just thought it was so funny that I'm like into neuroscience and Mercury is like the brain and thoughts. Like I'm just like thoughts all the time. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. It is. It's like, but then I'm like, how can I get into my heart? Cause I'm someone I loves intellectual. I love philosophy. I love theology. And so it's like, how can I get back in my heart instead of like always in the mind? Yeah. Well, I'm about to ask you about your story, but now I just have to know like what your Venus and Mars are too. (laughs) My Venus is in Taurus and my husband's a Taurus. 
Um, and my Mars is in Capricorn. So I have four houses in Capricorn. So I'm actually pretty Capricorn-y. That's why I love work. That's why I'm like very diligent and organized and all those things. So yeah, that's where those are. Yeah, that's awesome. My Venus and Mars are in Cancer. So I think that's the, it's like, I have like the get stuff done Virgo side. I have like the crazy fun side. And then I'm like at my core and especially in relationships, I want like really intense, like lovey-dovey intense love. Yes. I love that. Yeah. So getting back to, I mean, I guess we're already talking about getting to know each other and getting to know ourselves like deeper. What was that kind of spiritual awakening process like? And, you know, how did you find your way to almost 30? Yeah. I think it's one of those things where I had to feel really lost before, you know, I sought to find my way. And, um, I have been like a little spiritual seeker my whole life. I was always kind of doing things a little different. I was like writing letters to Jesus. I was writing letters to aliens. I was like, communicating from the other, with the other side from like a very young age, but kind of lost it, lost my way, but always felt a little different and always felt this pull to spirituality and to knowing myself more. And I was kind of on the normal path that everyone says you should be on. You should go to school here. You should date this type of person. You should have this type of job. So I was living in Chicago, dating the person that I dated in college and working at a good job um, in the city. And I remember I was just so deeply unhappy with everything that was going on that I let myself get to a place where I had such bad anxiety that I didn't even know if I wanted to wake up. Um, I was just, the loop thoughts were crazy. And I was so just unaligned with the life I was living. And so after that, I made the commitment, you know, to really follow my soul. And that's when I quit my job. I went to Patagonia for a few months. I left the relationship. Um, I started to move on from friendships that I had. I stopped drinking. I became vegan. It was really this like whole process and it was kind of gradual, but it was probably around the same two years that it was happening. I just became addicted to how good I was feeling when I wasn't drinking, how good I was feeling when I was following my heart, when I was around people that didn't feel they were draining me when I wasn't in situations that didn't feel like my authentic self. So it really was my early twenties that it happened. And then it's really just evolved from there in different processes and different, deeper levels of healing have been afforded to me. And almost 30 was started in my Saturn return, which happens in your late twenties when, you know, your prefrontal cortex comes online, when Saturn is in the same place that it was when you were born. So you have this beautiful opportunity to make really serious decisions about the next years of your life. And Lindsay and I, my podcast co-host just felt really connected to one another. And we felt really passionate about this idea that we felt so alone and we felt so lost and we wanted to support people in feeling like they had guidance along their spiritual evolution. So we started it on our closet floors. And six years later, here we are with a community, a membership, uh, content courses and programs, you know, the podcast pro accelerator, which you were a part of and just ways to serve people in finding their truth and speaking their voice in living their most authentic, beautiful life. Yeah. I think that's so valuable. And I can remember my kind of like spiritual awakening or like, you know, I feel like there, I wish there was like a different term sometimes. I think like it's like thrown around so much, but yes. I did feel so alone because like there's this moment I think you experienced it too where you just kind of look around at your life and you're like do I like this job do I like any of these people I'm around do I like this guy I'm dating do I like the city I live in and it looks like you're just like looking at everything and you're like I don't resonate with any of this actually and I think that can feel 
you know, like a scary place to be in. But if you like listen to that voice and like make changes, you will find your people, but it is like a really, um, a time of feeling really alone. So I think, you know, almost 30 and things like that are so important. Yeah. It's, it's interesting too, because now I'm exploring more of like the concepts of like the spiritual ego, which is kind of like the last place your ego hides before you have like full, um, awakening. And sometimes we make ourselves feel less alone. We make ourselves feel alone because it makes us feel important. And your ego kinds of hides in that loneliness and separation. But I just think that it's like when everyone is living, if we think about the world, we know that our school systems are fucked. Our healthcare system is fucked. Um, our government is fucked. Like there's so many, our money system is, is fucked. There's so much of our life and existence that doesn't make sense. We all know there's a better way. And so when you wake up to your soul and to the awareness of something greater than you, we're living in a world that doesn't support that. So it can feel like, oh my gosh, no one else is wanting to take care of their body or wanting to get to know their spirit guides or wanting to connect more with source or wanting to do these things that are actually really natural and innate to us because we're so programmed to be in this way of, you know, on the path of buying a house, wanting a bigger house, buying a car, wanting a better car, having a marriage, wanting, you know, doing all these things that are like told to us. So it can be really lonely. And I just want people to feel like there's a space and place for them. If they want to explore topics that they're curious about in a way where they won't be judged. Cause that's also a really important thing is right now it feels like there's so much censorship. It's really dangerous to say how you feel and to get it wrong and to say the wrong thing and to have said the wrong thing many years ago. And so I want people to have a space to explore things that might not be so normal, that might not be so, um, you know, broadly accepted like aliens or like ancestral healing, like you talk about or shadow work or feng shui or you know, whatever the topic is. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I think something in my like experience that helped me, because I I think if you feel like you're the only one that's seeing all these problems or seeing them in your life, it's like, you can almost like gaslight yourself of like, I must be wrong. Then it's not that everything else is wrong. Like I'm just wrong for feeling this way. Um, Yes. And I think like a phrase that kind of helped me so much is like, it's no measure of health to something like no measure of health to be like healthy in a profoundly like sick society. And I feel like I came back to that a lot because I was like, no, I just see these things and I see these things clearly and people are just not talking about it. And I think it's really crazy when you start that process too, to realize, you know, like how many people are like, quote, like asleep like how many people are just acting out from their subconscious and they don't know why they're doing all these things and stuck in all these behaviors and it's like almost really overwhelming to like just get kind of all that awareness at once of yourself and others Mm -hmm. yeah and then you come to the place of like greater compassion for it where you're like whoa it just is sad because when you become conscious and you become like the observer of your life you're able to really see in a powerful way like how you are and have a role in all of it, you know? So even if you are surrounded by unconscious people, you have a role in that. Like there's something in there for you. There's a reason why you're constantly surrounded by unconscious people. Maybe there's a part of your journey or path where you're not owning your conscious awareness enough, or you're not owning your truth enough, or you're not owning your expression enough. And um, I try not to get judgmental about it, but it's hard because 
it feels like they rule the world. You know, it feels like they've created this system and this society that we have to currently live in and play in and figure out as conscious people. But if you go above that, you can realize like, oh no, like God rules the world. And like God and my connection with God is what's most important here. And how can I just focus on that relationship instead of trying to wake up people or trying to make people see, or trying to make people convert or trying to make people, you know, awake or whatever it is. Definitely. I, like I, when you were talking, I was just like having this visual and I don't know if you've ever like thought of this before, but like, I almost wish I could meet the self that I was at like 20 or 21 before this happened and like talk to her because I literally feel like she was like an offline robot, just like chasing perfection. And I just like, can you imagine if your life like this hadn't happened and what your life would have looked like if you didn't awaken? It's just really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, it's like something I've been really working on is um, how can we bring like loving awareness to that version of you? You know, cause I think I did that for a, a long time. I was like, oh my gosh, former me. I was like, oh, she was so, and I just would be so, you know, patronizing to her and so like judgmental of her. And I realized I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, that version of me would be so sad if she knew that I was judging her right now. And how can I be like, oh my God, I love the one who was asleep for most of her life. Or I love the one who was chasing perfection. Or I love, I love that side of me that felt like I had to be perfect to to have love. Or I love that side of me that felt like I had to rebel because I needed an escape, you know, whatever it is. It's like, how can we love that version of us more? But I think that's a totally normal thing to want to like give ourselves advice and, and change. And I think about that too. Like if I had all the resources that we have now for awakening and spirituality, oh my gosh, earlier on, shoot, I would be, I'd be on the moon, baby. Yeah. I think, I think I think back to like my high school self with a lot of like loving compassion. Yeah. And just like, you know, that's such like a big part of like forming your identity is kind of like things in the high school and like testing out who you really are. And I don't know, it's such an interesting process, but I'd love to kind of hear now that we're kind of like breaking apart, like what our awakening was and kind of like hinting at maybe what some of our conditioning was. Like, I'd love to hear like, what were some of the, you know, beliefs you used to hold about yourself and maybe even going into like the mother wound and your relationship with your mom and how that kind of dictated how you used to show up. Mm. Yeah. I think this is one where I didn't realize it as much as I have, I do now where I had the belief that I had to be fully in service to the other person, um, that I was interacting with like at all times. So that meant if I was out to dinner with a friend, I would be only talking about their life. We'd be, I'd be asking them questions. I'd be listening. I'd be supporting whatever they're talking about. And I would never share anything about myself. I would never share anything about my life, what I was going through, my dreams, my ambitions, what was good, what was bad. Because I, the only way I could have like a deep connection with someone was by them talking and me supporting them. Because I felt like if I started talking or sharing that they would no longer be interested. And I was really looking for that connection with them, like that attunement and growing up, you know, my mom had her own struggles. And so that meant for me that the only way I could get her to pay attention to me was if I made it all about her. I only talked about what she was interested in. I only said things she found interesting. I always asked her how she was. And that was really the only way that I was getting attention. And so I realized that, and I've essentially made my job to do that. (laughs) You know, I'm a, I'm an interviewer. I interview people. I'm in conversation with people. And that is something that is 
so deeply ingrained in me. And it's something I truly love to do because I find people so interesting and I genuinely am curious. But then on the other side of it, it's like, where do I fit in this? Like, where can I express who I am, how I feel and what's going on with me? So that's something I'm really working on. And it shows up more in intimate relationships or with people that I find I don't feel safe with. You know, I will fully make everything about them where they don't even know anything about me. And a lot of people in my life have told me, you know, like, I feel like I don't really know much about you or you never ask for support or you never ask for anything. And so I'm really working on being supported, being seen, um, being myself and making it okay for me to take up space. Definitely. Did you feel like to an extent that you had to be like a caretaker for your mom? Or yes, that's a good one. Yes. It was like, that's a good one. I think there was part of that. I felt like I had to be responsible for her healing. I remember that where I was like, oh, if she, cause you know, in your awakening process, when you wake up, you're like, oh my God, everyone needs to wake up. You know, you kind of are like, oh, everyone has to be conscious. Cause you realize you're like, oh my God, how did I live for so long in that way? And so I had to let go of that. Like the belief that like, I have to wake her up or I have to forgive her. We have to be in this great relationship and now have really let it be. But I think it was more, the only way that I felt connected or loved was like, and got eye contact and got touch was when it was about her rather than having like interest in me or what I was thinking. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious about that because this has been like something I've been Mm -hmm. looking at in therapy to a certain extent that like I learned love and relationships were taking care of other people because I felt like that to an extent with my parents. So it actually makes me really uncomfortable when my friends aren't coming to me about healing or if I'm dating someone, they're not asking me about healing because I learned that like providing, like I had to provide that to be worthy of love, to be in a relationship. Like I wasn't just allowed to be in it and be myself. I had to provide a service to be worthy of like love in a relationship. That's a, that's like a deep wound too. Cause that's, that's more, or that's, that's in addition, that's like the feminine wound, you know, how can we be valued and seen and loved just as we are in our existence rather than in service or in martyrdom. Um, how can we just be like, and just relax and be like, I'm just going to receive all this love. I'm going to receive all of the fruits of the labor of the masculine and just enjoy. And, you know, it's kind of been flipped where we have to give, 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 and be, 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 and all these things. So I think that's really normal. It's like your identity is like, okay, I'm valuable when I am giving this to someone, when I'm healing someone, when I'm in service to them, how could I be valuable when I'm just relaxing, when I'm just myself and when I'm just me. And I think this is a struggle that we all really go through, whether it's feeling the need to be perfect or feeling the need to caretake or feeling the need to control whatever it is. It's like, how can we unlearn that? So we can just really feel better in our nervous systems and in our bodies and just being who we are. Yeah. And I I think you talked about too, in an episode where you were talking about the mother wound that to an extent, it's like when someone feels any level of discomfort, you'll do whatever it takes to make them feel comfortable. Even if you're feeling discomfort or you're not feeling good, you'll just completely go into kind of making them feel safe and making them feel okay. Yes. Yeah. That happens in like work conversations too, you know, where I will have a situation with a partner, you know, a client, a team member, 
And I'm like, oh man, I'm so frustrated about this thing. I feel like they're not living up to their job requirements of, of double checking everything before it goes out as an example. And I'm, I'll be so frustrated. And then you get on the phone and they'll like say something and you totally just lose the plot of whatever you wanted to say. And you totally concede to their emotions or their expression. You're like, yeah, you know what? It's not a big deal. Who cares about double checking things? You know, who cares? But actually you're forgetting that it was a need, or in this case, I'm forgetting that that was like a need for me to express, no, we need to double check emails, period. And not worrying about if they have a reaction to it, if they feel bad, if they feel stressed, if they feel anxious, because that has nothing to do with the situation. It just is like important for me to express myself. So I find that to be really hard, you know, especially someone that's an intuitive, I'm a feeler. So when someone comes on, I can automatically feel their emotions and I'm like, Ooh, can they handle this or not? Sometimes people can't. So I struggle with that, but my goal really is to always honor my feelings and emotions in the most kind way that I can. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so interesting. And like related to that, I've been like dissecting, you know, just being like a nice caring person and like wanting to be seen as a nice caring person. Like, you know, that is good. And of course, like, I actually love that genuinely to care for people, but how much of that is just that I like want to be seen as this like nice caring person. And I will not stand up for myself when I need to, because I care so much about being perceived as like caring and nice. Yes. I mean, another deep, deep, deep feminine wound, you know, that we have where like, if we're angry, it's crazy. If we're loud, it's crazy. If we yell, it's crazy. If we change our mind, it's crazy. Like think about how like the beautiful ever evolving feminine energy, which is like angry, sad, happy, you know, joyful, all of these emotions has been like stifled into one thing where it's like, be nice, be nice, be kind, be quiet, be all of these things. And that's like the martyrdom vibe. And yeah, it's like, I had to liberate myself from that too, because I think I was in a part of my spiritual journey where I didn't ever want to think anything bad. I didn't want to ever think anything bad about someone. So if someone walked in a room and they, I was like, didn't like their outfit as an example in my head, I'd be like, I don't like their outfit. Then I'd be like, you are so judgmental, like quit being so judgmental, you know, of people. And there's some truth to that. You know, you don't want to be like someone that's walking around judging people, but I had to like, let that go and be like, you know what? It's okay. If I have a preference it's okay to be like, Hey, I don't like that outfit. kind of like another outfit. Like that is not judgmental. That's discerning. I'm just talking to myself. So I had to liberate myself from feeling like I had to be so nice all the time and have the perfect thoughts and the perfect everything. It's like, there's an energy of truth. That's more important than like just being nice. Definitely. I think that's like super, super important. I'm curious too, with like kind of the healing around, you know, like not self-abandoning and like staying in touch with yourself kind of in those dynamics. I know you've like mentioned that your mom like struggled with kind of like mental health stuff and had like a certain relationship with food as well. Like, how do you think like her kind of struggles with mental health were, you know, kind of affected you and maybe your experience of your own mental health? Yeah, it was everything. Um, Everything, everything. So when I started to do mother wound work, which was like two years ago, there's a really great book called Discover the Inner Mother for anyone. Uh, we've had Bethany Webster on, who's the author twice now. She's incredible. So you can listen to those on Almost 30. But basically the mother wound is like the linchpin for all healing because the mother is where we basically look to understand almost all aspects of life, whether that's money or body or love or relationships or success. 
Um, so it's not, you know, when you look at your life, you're not going to have everything impacted, but it really is very deep in your subconscious about what's possible for you through the mother wound. So I knew that I needed some healing because I didn't have the best relationship with my mom, but it was fascinating because when I started to do that work, I didn't realize how much it was about my body and how I felt in my body and how I felt, um, in my weight and how I looked. And when you really do the work to peel back, like, oh my gosh, my family was really into looks. My family was really into having a thin body or a fit body. And some of the things that my parents had said was completely wild about body and weight. And I would say it out loud to friends and they would be like, you know, that's like not okay. Right. And I would be like, oh my God, I thought that was completely normal. And it wasn't. So I realized how deeply intertwined my relationship was with my body was from looking at my mom who really hated her body my whole life. It was very normal for her to make comments about her weight, to always be on a diet, to always want to lose weight, to, um, you know, just regard people that were thinner as better. And so when I started to do mother wound work, I was like, oh, wow, this is where it came from. And that was just helpful for me to be like, this is how I understand the world. This is where I got it. And now what can I do to heal? What can I do to feel better? about the way that I show up. And it's not easy. I still struggle with it every day. I would say, um, it's a very, very deep one because society reinforces everything to be true. Um, and then there is just like this deep feminine about shrinking. So it's hard and it's long, but I would say therapy helps that book helps journaling helps, um, finding workouts and foods that make you feel really good, even if it's not popular. And then, um, finding and consuming content and resources that is supportive of your journey and not just like unconsciously following all these people on Instagram or reading these books that don't support, you know, you loving it being in your skin. Definitely. And I think, I don't know. I think it's so interesting to like, look at the parallels between like different people's journeys and like, you know, who was raised in a family where like weight and things were talked about and I think for me, I've done a decent amount of healing with the mother wound and like more the father wound is my emphasis at this point. But, yes. you know, speaking of some of those comments, I can remember like my dad, like calling some girl that was probably like 130 pounds less probably in high school, like wow. hippie, and was like, wow. she's very hippie. And I was like, what does that even mean? Wow. Um, and just like people in my family, like my grandma would be like, I used to be a hundred pounds, like a hundred pounds is a good weight to be, which is so thin. Yeah. Um, so it was just my grandma had an eating disorder too. It was like, oh yeah. It was like, dude, that age. I mean, I feel I'm very grateful because we've had much more freedom and flexibility. I feel like there is a lot of pressure, but I feel like back then it was like, it was, it was like a cardinal sin to be any bit overweight. Yeah, it totally was. And I can remember how much that dictated my life for such a long time too. Yeah. Of like, I don't know. I felt very ashamed for having any curves. I can remember that. Like I was like, butts are bad, even though they're cool now. I was like, they're bad. Like it needs to be flat. And I need like these super tiny model legs or like, it's not okay. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting because bodies have changed now where it's like the Kim Kardashian's the vibe and that's done by surgery. So there's like not eating or surgery. It's like, what is better? I'm not even really sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely like a tough battle. And I, I feel like I had someone on recently and I feel like the body healing was actually one of the first things I started even before I like spiritually awoke. I actually like did research on eating disorders when I was in college and that like helped wow. me realize 
that the beliefs I held about my body weren't healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just like such an interesting, such it's an miserable. Interesting, <laughs> yeah. It's such it's like the worst. You're like, God, I, I sometimes I'm like, am I ever, you know, you're like, am I ever, will I ever get there? Will I ever be there? And I'm like, I would, I feel better than ever, but it is one of those things where sometimes I'm like, will I ever get it this lifetime? You know, will it ever, ever happen? Because it's so deep. It's so deep, but I'm glad that you're, you're doing that work too. Yeah. I think for me, like, I don't know, I guess I started doing it when I was like 18. So I do, I hate to even say it, but I almost do feel like I am at a place where I am there to a certain extent. Like, you know, there are, there are still days where I look in the mirror and have some thoughts and I yeah. do have like some sort of like thin privilege or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. But I think like a big thing for me, and I had a podcast about this was that like self-pleasure and like going slow with myself mm-hmm. and like during that process, like not just like touching my vagina, but like, like being like, I love my arm, you know, like I love my neck, like I love yes. my stomach, like that has actually been so healing for me. And I think like that experience has like brought the self-love and body love to like a whole different level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so real. That's like a beautiful, a beautiful practice. I also, um, Janine Roth, I don't know if you didn't know Janine Roth, but she writes a book. She writes a lot of books. She's an incredible author. One of my favorites, um, women, food and God, which is just incredible. Like it's so good. She also has workbooks and she does workshops, but she is so great for finding food freedom and just moving beyond the binary of believing that we are a weight or the way we look. Cause we all know that we're so much more than that. I mean, when we talk about labels, like what a way to label ourselves, you know, in, in the weight category, when we're so much more than just that. Yeah. I think this goes back. I listened to like your podcast with Sahara Rose that came out recently and how you guys were like, kind of talking about the the law of one. And I think it goes back to like, you know, we can like care about the way this all looks or we can like connect to like something bigger. And it's like, I think we should feel and work through how we feel about like this body that we live in. But at the end of the day, like just not forgetting to connect to the fact that we're like so much more and we're just souls. And this is just like a role we're playing and like this lifetime, who knows when we're going to come back and like, at the end of the day, like, I don't know. I think even now I have like a hard time with an intimate relation. Like I have a hard time accepting compliments of people just like calling me attractive or pretty because I'm like, that doesn't mean anything to like my soul, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I think that there's like so much to that. Cause it's like, there's this belief that you're bad. If you accept a compliment, you know, if someone's like, you're pretty and you're like, thanks. They're like, you know, there's the whole mean girls thing where it's like, so you think you're pretty and that kind of vibe that I think women kind of get stuck with where, I mean, my whole life I was like self-deprecating where someone's like, you're pretty. I'm like, oh my God, you should have seen me this morning. You know, like that whole thing I think is like so accepted, but then it does feel like when you discover your soul, it does feel like beyond that, but there is like an appreciation. You can be like, oh my God, I'm so grateful for my beautiful physical vehicle. Like, thank you for that reflection. And I think for me, I forget that I'm like in a body. Like sometimes some people are talking to me. I'm like, wait, what? You know, I'm kind of like, wait, what's going on? Cause you're just, I'm reading energy. So it's like, wait, I forget, you know, I forget that like, I look like something. <laughs> yeah. I think too, like, I feel very, 
I've been like thinking a lot about like self-confidence and like what is that and like what does that mean and I I think of myself as a beautiful attractive person and I want every other person to think of themselves as a beautiful attractive person like physically and like their soul and who they are as a person so I think it's just like I was talking to someone about this the other day like someone sent me a DM like you're hot and I'm like I don't really know how to respond to that because like one, yes, I am. I do know that. Mm-hmm. And two, I'm so much more than that. So it's mm-hmm. like this parallel of like, I don't, I don't know. I don't exactly. think there's time to, I don't think you need to reply to any of those. Cause you're like, okay. It's like, <laughs> thank you. You know, it's like, it's not like, thank you. Like they want whatever, but yeah, it's, it's just weird. Cause you're like, oh, this is, this is how you're viewing life where you're seeing women is just like hot or not like, okay, yeah. wow. That's an interesting reflection that you shared with me. <laughs> I know. And I have like some sort of, yeah, I was like, that is exactly how it felt. I was like, oh, do you live in the reality where you like tell girls they're hot? And that means like, yes, they'll receive that comment and be like, I want to go on a date with this person. Like, is that the level that you're interacting with people? And does this work? Yes. I mean, honestly, (laughs) you can't, you can't, can't stress your brain out too much wondering because the world will never know, to be honest. Definitely. Well, speaking of, uh, you know, sliding into people's DMs. I'd love to hear more about uh, your relationship. And yeah, I know you've talked a lot about how like your partner isn't as spiritual and like, you know, just how that, how that's going, how that manifests. Yeah. So I did a podcast. Um, what if my partner isn't spiritual on almost 30, you can listen to, but, um, I think this is a question I get all the time in my DMS and people say, you know, what should I do if my partner isn't as spiritual as me? I feel like I'm, you know, doing all these things and my partner isn't. And what that is really is like, I just think it's part of the spiritual process where you find spirituality and you're like, this is it. This is it. The self-care, the spirituality, the connection, the energy, the prioritization of self, the prioritization of love, the seeing everyone as other or everyone as you is so beautiful. But then you're like, okay, well, everyone has to do this. Everyone has to meditate. Everyone has to do green juice. Everyone has to study this book. Everyone has to do all these things. And that's actually not spiritual. You know, the most spiritual thing is to allow people with their free will to choose a life that they love and do whatever it is that their soul and higher self came here to do, even if we don't agree with it. And so um, my lovely husband, we've been together for 10 years. He is super spiritual, super spiritual and super dialed in, but it's not in the way that I, I'm spiritual. You know, I'm spiritual in the way of I meditate twice a day and I'm vegan and I am going to retreats and I'm talking about spirituality all day. You know, maybe someone else's spirituality looks different. Maybe his spirituality is being creative for a few hours a day. Maybe it's making music. Maybe it's, um, you know, resting with our cats. Maybe it's being in his heart, like whatever it is, it doesn't need to look like me. And so when I really let go of the grip of believing that spirituality had to look a certain way, it really opened up so much for me. And a lot of that came from my favorite book, The Law of One, which is a channeled text. There's five books in it. And in The Law of One, they talk a lot about um, unity consciousness and really seeing everyone as the creator. And if we were to see everyone as the creator, that means we're seeing our partner, a person on the street, you know, the person in the car next to us, our soul cycle instructor, whatever it is as the creator. And we're loving them as they are. We're not loving them as we want them to be. We're not loving them as, you know, someone that we feel bad for. Um, So it's really a profound mode of acceptance. And I will say with that, there is also, if you have a value of 
evolution, of growth, of expansion, and your partner is not valuing the same things you're valuing, then it might not be a fit anymore. So there is also the opportunity where you could just be growing apart and you could be evolving apart and it could not be a fit. So it's a fine line that people have to dance, but I always say for people to try accept accept their partner where they are, you know, accept them as they, they are, don't try and change them before anything. And if it doesn't fit and if you feel like in your heart, your values are not aligning, then it might be time, you know, to move on. Yeah. I think that's like the line that I always am like questioning or like dancing along is like, is this something where I'm trying to change this person? Or is this something where I just need like acceptance of this? Or am I just being like nitpicky about this one detail because I'm like scared of relationships or in commitment? Or is this a deal breaker for me? And I think, I don't know, love and relationships and like your person and, you know, they're just their work. And it's like a very, I mean, so much of like the mother wound stuff we talked about, like so much of your stuff shows up in that and they are very interesting to navigate. Yes. I mean, it's a lifetime's worth of work. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. And I, I think what you said about them being different than you spiritually, I think that is super important just like valuing whatever that is for that person if that's like a core value for you yeah I mean if everyone is a living fractal of the divine and if everyone is God then I don't know why they're doing what they're doing I don't know why they chose in this lifetime to you know be what I perceive to be a bad person or what their path is supposed to lead them to um but that's on them and that's on their relationship with God and their higher self. And what I can do is focus on how I can be the most aligned, expressive, beautiful, um, embodied version of myself. That's enough work for this lifetime. Definitely. I I think, I think I think of it on that level. And then I think about like, quote, bad people. I just Mm -hmm. like really think about it from like a neuroscience perspective and like trauma and how much that changes the brain and like Yes. You know, like if we all got like exactly like the love and care we deserved, like that maybe we were maybe all meant to come here and flourish, but we all have like different lessons too. So it's, it's just like, I feel like the way spirituality serves me the best is like combining a lot of like information and theories and just like always finding a spirituality that works for me. Yes. Love that. Yes. A hundred percent. Definitely. Well, I know you probably have to go soon, but it was so great to talk with you and just connect with you and, you know, update you on all the things offline. And mm-hmm. I'm just, I got the tea y'all. You didn't get the tea, but I got the tea. Listen we to had some, a good one. Listen to some of the past episodes from the past. Yes. Maybe you'll get some of the, maybe tea. you'll catch the vibe of like what we were talking about, but it was such a pleasure to have you in our podcast accelerator. Um, that we did. It was just like incredible. You're so special. You're such a light. And I loved our coaching call. I loved having you. So I'm just excited to see the pod continue to flourish. Thank you. I just like felt that in my heart when you said it. Oh, (laughs) good. Heart to heart, baby. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much.